Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Our guest today is Dr. Deborah Cotty, a retired oncologist and CEO and president of the Board of 29 Acres. 29 Acres is a nonprofit that provides programs and housing for young adults with autistic spectrum disorder. She came up with the idea of 29 Acres in 2011 when her son was 14 years old. Her son, John, was diagnosed with autism at age two and is current residence at 29 Acres. I am so impressed already. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me on. As a mother of four, life is a journey and we all encounter the needs and the desires of children. I was so encouraged and excited when we came across what you had done and we wanted to share with so many others that even if it's not this particular issue, they're dealing with things and I thought you would be a wealth of knowledge. I would love you to share your background with us and John's journey and how this came about and as a new mom, how this all occurred. My background is one of being a medical oncologist and and my husband and I do have four children and I was pretty much working full-time in, in medical oncology and just just loving it. And, and then John was born. And for the first couple of years, weren't sure that anything really was going on. And then about 20, 22 months, it became pretty obvious to us that something was wrong. And then we immediately moved forward with appropriate testing and he was diagnosed with autism. I tried to continue to work part-time because I really do love medicine. And after about a couple of years, maybe even uh, shorter than that, I made the decision to leave my practice and really focus on John and and the rest of my family. Honestly, I would be managing a pain crisis for one of my cancer patients and John John would be running out the front door into traffic. So it just wasn't working and it was a very easy decision for me to hand over my medical practice to someone else and just really jump into his support services and my family in general. And I've really never looked back. It was the right decision for us. And and I believe it was the right decision. I remember having a professor in college and she was a sister of charity that I absolutely, I can't even describe how much I admired her. And I remember once her saying, ladies, it was an all women's college, obviously. The education that you get now may not be in what you are studying. It's the gift you will bring to something that you don't even know exists out there later mm-hmm. on in life. And, and that often stuck with me. And I, when I was listening to you talk about making that decision and that transition, I thought she was right. You know, your background alone is what a gift to John. But then you, I'd love you to tell our listeners a little bit about 29 Acres how you began to come up with this idea, and then how it began to grow. Just as a mom, and and now your journey, you've left your medical career, but you've taken your knowledge and your expertise. You have this beautiful child, and you're a mother of three other children. How did 29 Acres occur, and what was the journey for that? Probably when John 
was around 13 or 14, I began just to think ahead. And, you know, I'm a planner and I became very worried about adult services and what was going to happen when he aged out of the school system. And I looked around at at different centers and communities and different services that were out there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and there just was a scarcity of them. And I wasn't 100% confident that what I was seeing would meet my son's needs. And so even if they did, there's so many kids out there that need services, and there just aren't enough adult services to support hardly any of them, frankly. Over the years, I began to group with other families and other moms, and I had listening groups and listened to the needs in our community. And it was pretty clear that whatever end of the spectrum you were on, that you had some needs as an adult and that we didn't have enough support services or independent housing opportunities out there for you. I waited until the the timing was right for myself and John John and the rest of our family. Did many years of due diligence, visiting other communities, other support services, other employment programs, just traveled all over with a couple of other moms. And when the timing was right, I was very afraid to do it, but knew I had to do it. And I just jumped in and, and, and started to go to work at a more granular level. And that's how it happened. And now John is a resident at 29 Acres. And I know it's successful and your dream has come true. But when you think about it, when you look to your heart and, and you talk to other moms, what do you envision in the future of 29 Acres as we go on? We always continue to innovate, work together, reach out. I know so many people in the industry, and we all collaborate. We all lean on one another. And I just, I think we're always looking for ways to do better, to support more folks, to support more uh, kids with autism and neurodiversity, and to, to do a better job at doing that. Again, the need remains very high for quality support services and housing opportunities. So we're still way far behind and and have a lot of work to do. But I like to grow organically, and I don't like to reinvent the wheel. I like to collaborate, reach out to, I call them my soul sisters, and I do that quite frequently. And we're in it together, and we just lean on one another to try to find ways around barriers and to move forward in a way that makes sense. So I tend to move in a measured way, Susan, so I like to be careful. I like to listen to my clients and families and staff members and grow organically and over time get better at what we do, innovate, and meet more of the needs that are out there for these adults. Deborah, I smile when you say soul sisters because I think that goes right to the core of it. And I think you're so transparent that if a parent is listening to this today, I think that you seem so approachable. And you're right, partnerships of helping because we all as parents want to say, what is it if I partner with someone or partner with an entity that's going to grow us? Deborah, you also have a Deborah Cotty MD link and you have a 29 acres link that if someone's listening and they're saying, I am just out of loss, I would love to get more information. They can definitely go to those links. But 
what advice you would give to a parent, a child with the autistic spectrum disorder who is concerned about their children aging out of the system? Sometimes it's it's great to say we have metrics of what to do, step A, step B, step C, mm-hmm. but as parents, you know, you're a mother of four, I'm a mother of four. There's always an emotional side to that. And And mm-hmm. when you look into your heart, what would be that one piece of advice you would give, you know, a mother that is trying to work or a mother that's trying to decide, you know, what they say, what we fear never really happens. But I think sometimes we have to alleviate that fear base and say, what is the future? So if you could share that last Mm -hmm. piece of advice, I think it would be helpful. I always tell parents of younger children, the first thing I, I always talk about is you need to stay hopeful because there is hope. And all of our children, maybe at a different trajectory, but they all get better with time. Every one of them does. So I think hope is a big part of living and supporting a person with neurodiversity or autism. And I also tell parents that we know our kids better than anyone. And I think you have to go with what you know. And I think you do have to do your due diligence and you listen to your experts and your health professionals and your support system and your soul sisters but, you know, your child's the best. And I think that's how you have to dig deep and make those kinds of decisions. And then I think, don't be afraid. We can't innovate when we're afraid. When I took this project on, it, it's big, and I was very afraid. And I moved slowly, and I leaned on a lot of people, and it worked for me. I like to tell parents that you know your kids better than anybody. And anything that you do also isn't ever set in stone. You can change things. Life is fluid. And you just keep advocating and keep tweaking things and keep thinking ahead. And that would be my other piece of advice is plan ahead. You know, grandparents, parents plan ahead because the years go fast, right, for all of us. And before you know it, they are out of high school. And that beautiful and free education is no longer offered to you. So I would look up and look out and look at what's in your community, plan ahead and get on all the lists for the government funds and also financially plan as well. Adult services are not cheap and they go on for many, many years. So it's important to plan in that way as well. And I just encourage people, if you can do it and if the timing is right, life is working in the right way for you, is to shake it up, move forward with innovation. Because again, there just aren't enough services out there. There aren't enough programs. There aren't enough living arrangements for our guys and gals with autism. We just need so much more. And we need more people to innovate and help create some of those support services and housing opportunities. I love to collaborate. I talk to people about this all the time. I like to share the things that we got right and even more so the things that we did not get right. (laughs) I just think it's important to collaborate and lean on other people, not reinvent the wheel, and don't be afraid. Don't be paralyzed by fear because you can make a real difference. I agree with you. I think we all learn most from our mistakes or our missteps in life, and we become stronger and I think softer. I always used to laugh with four children. I used to say, if I met someone and they had a perfect family, we really couldn't be friends because we had nothing in common. (laughs) I really want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on today because 
I know that there are listeners out there that this was life-changing for them to know that they're not walking that walk alone and nope. to know that there's resources for them. And I love the Soul Sisters and I love the partnership and the collaboration. Those were really powerful mm-hmm. words you brought to us today. So thank you, Deborah. You're very welcome. Nothing makes me happier than to talk about folks living with autism and how we can make their lives really good, good and rich and happy and full. Absolutely. Thank you for making it happen. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.